And we're back. Again, this is our fourth episode now. We needed to take a break, drink some water. But while we are thinking about one-room schoolhouses, Nana watched... What The second we clicked off the button, Nana goes, there's so much I didn't mention. So do you want to just dive in for it, Grandma? What you were just saying to me? Okay, I'll give a little description of the schoolhouse. Thank you. Like I said, it was a one-room. It had a... You walked into it, and it had like a little porch with some hooks that uh, we hung our coats and uh, hats and things like that on, and a shelf that we put our lunch pails on. Then you went through the door, and like I said, there were desks on each side of the room. There was a, the, and they, they went in gradual size from small to larger, and then in the front, there was a little platform that was about four or five inches higher than the rest of the room. And the teacher's desk sat on that. And then there was the recitation bench, as she called it, that sat down in front of her desk. And over the side, on the right side of the room, was a uh, big, the big pot belly stove. And at the, up on the platform, there was a cupboard that had shelves, they opened the doors, and that was uh, where we stored the books, like in the summertime. Uh, and there were about two rows of library-type books. And I think I read every one of those books every year. You mentioned your pail in the last episode, your lunch pails. Yes. You said they were about a gallon size of the lard uh-huh. or... Um, uh, carol syrup. Carol syrup. I wanted to ask you, because you also said in the previous episode, with our names written on them. And in my mind, and maybe some of the minds of our listeners, I thought of a Sharpie pen. What did your mother write or your father write with? I'm not sure. Maybe they weren't even, probably an ink pen of some sort. Black ink. Because, you know, my dad has the uh, that mill, the CNC mill, that I could just, I pictured your dad out there with a mill or one of those, like, old medieval <laughs> pokers. and <laughs> Yeah, um, but, um. Okay, real quick. Sharpie was originally a name designating a permanent marker. It was, the name wasn't, Oh, the Sharpie itself wasn't launched until 1964 by the Sanford Ink Company. The Sharpie also became the first pin-style permanent marker, but that was back in 1990. So then it's changed over, and now it's finally its own car- own copy. Company, I mean. Sorry, not copy. But 1964. So Auntie had been born. Yes. Um, but not mom yet. So yeah, your mom did not have, grab a, her bu- bucket of Sharpies <laughs> to write you guys' names on. No. I'm sure that there probably was some kind of a permanent marker. Like you said, it's like an ink pen. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not being silly. Did you have like feathered quills that you wrote with or dipped in ink like in Harry Potter? Yeah, yes, a pen like that. But it wasn't a quill, but it was a, a, a pen and in the top of the desk there was a little hole that was called an ink well you put a bottle of ink in there i've seen those at the places that auntie would take us to the sorry the one room schoolhouses auntie would take us to that's what it was for 
Yes. I'm sure Auntie told us at the time, but I wasn't paying attention. Yes, just because there were no ballpoint pens at that time when oh. I went to school. You had to write with that kind. So you had to be very careful. And we had penmanship. And you had to make circles and up and down, make them beautiful. I, mine never looked like the book said they should be. But uh, Your S for Stevens looked way better than mine today. Mine looked like a drunk treble clef. <laughs> But uh, anyway, uh, what was I going to say? And the, the schoolhouse always had a picture of George Washington and Abraham Lincoln. Why? I don't know, but every country school that I ever saw had that. And then you had a blackboard up front. Ooh, like chalkboard, not an expo board? Well, no, there was no such a thing. <laughs> it was an old blackboard, the old chalkboard with white chalk. And then wow. <laughs> at the top of that, there was a roll of maps that you could pull down. And there were various ones of the different countries, the continents, uh, one of the United States, and one of you know the countries in Europe and uh, Australia. And depending on what you were studying, because we actually had a subject called geography that we studied. Where places were... Yes. Did you hear? I think I played you this clip of that gentleman running up to Americans and asking them uh, who lives at Pennsylvania Avenue. And they didn't know. And then they would say, he, the interviewer would say, who lives in a pineapple under the sea? And everyone could say, SpongeBob SquarePants. And it shows that we don't know important facts. History. history or geography very well. Some people don't. We do. Well, you do. I don't. So you were mentioning a Christmas program at your school. Yes, we always had a Christmas program. And the children did different recitations. Maybe they would do a little skit. Uh, they would sing songs. What's a recitation? I mean, just stand up and recite a poem. Oh, like Linus does in um, Snoopy. Mm-hmm. He recites the Bible. Bub mm-hmm. loved that. Remember his ornament? Mm-hmm. And Linus read Luke. I believe it was from Luke. Right. So, a, rec- a recitation? Mm-hmm. Now, would your parents come? Yes, all the parents would come. So, was it in e- evening time? It was in the evening, and the light, because we had no electricity, was by uh, the lamps, the, the oh. kerosene lamps. <gasps> like from Scrooge? Sorry, I'm thinking of the Muppet mm-hmm. Christmas Carol, where they light the lamp, not the rat. And then we would have a big Christmas tree without any lights or anything, because candles were too dangerous. We were yes. And then at the end of the program, Santa Claus would come and would pass out uh, a sack of, for each child. And it would have some hard candy. Usually the ribbon hard candy was popular. And an orange and maybe some nuts. Shell, uh, nuts in the shell. Oh, like we... Um, like walnuts and... Because uh, you love those. You, we like all... I'm allergic to cashews, but we keep... Because you can do anything with those. Hazelnuts, uh, squirrels. Almonds. Wow. So when you say ribboned candy, do you mean like it's a hard a hair candy? Ribbon? It was the kind of the shapes of ribbons. Were you twisted like a ribbon? Oh, okay, okay. Because I know Bub and I loved the mold wine candy. There's no alcohol in it from Canada, and it had kind of that ribbon look that Bub had mentioned that at one point. Yeah. Well, these came in all different flavors, and it was just. Like a lifesaver, kind of, but in a different shape? Yeah, but it, they would be long um, and twisted or long and folded over like That's a bow. Cool. 
That's why they called it ribbon. What about candy canes? Did you ever get candy canes? There might have been probably with a candy cane. Maybe it was topped with a candy cane. So you all would get one. So mm-hmm. you all the way down to Ruthie? Mm-hmm. Any, I believe any child there got one. Well, isn't that something? And then that would be the probably on the Friday night that school ended. Before Christmas break? Before Christmas break. And we only got a week. We didn't get two weeks like the kids do now. So we wow. had whatever, however close to Christmas you could go, and then we'd have between Christmas and New Year's, and then we went right back. Wow. Well, did you do anything fun for New Year's as a family? Well, my mother, they would always say we could stay up till midnight, but we never made it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, something you and I have talked about this past week, because of my psycholinguistics paper, was speech impediments in the sense of how people say things and how you, like, I don't know if our listeners heard it or not, but when you said George Washington, can you say that again? George Washington. You say the Washington. That's most likely an accent, not an impediment. No, I don't have a speech impediment. No, but your brother did. Wes did. And what I wanted to ask in relation to the one-room schoolhouse, did they have special programs for him to practice? Did they have anything that he needed to... Rec- no. He just had the speech impediment that he had to practice on? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. There was no none of the special... Interventions? Yeah, that, that you have now. There was no special ed. There was no... The child was just considered slow, I guess, if they didn't keep up. Interesting. And your teaching was only as good as your teacher was. Amen. That can be applied to 2021. (laughs) So your teacher, let me get this straight. You would all come to this one-room schoolhouse. And for something such as the Christmas pageant, your teacher was, I mean, working triple time, not even double time. She had to probably line up the Santa Claus to make sure he could come in from the North Pole. She had to most likely prep those goodie bags to help Santa if he needed. And then she had to... Your grade might have been singing, and then the grade below you, Wes's grade, might have been reciting something, and then the grade below them might have been doing the Christmas story. Holy cow! Do you remember her name? My first teacher was Miss Young. Okay. And I had a Miss Nelson, the one we called Ida, that we just used the first name. Um, we had a Mr. Lane. He was a, one of my favorite teachers. Um, and then my last two years, seventh and eighth grade, it was Mrs. Simpson. And very interestingly, um, one of the last, let's see, I, my brother said that she was in a retirement home in St. Paul. And she was over 90 years old at that time. And I got, had a chance to go with my family and go visit her in the rest <gasps> home. When was this? Oh, was I alive? Hmm? It was, I can't remember the year, but. Did you have grandchildren? I think Auntie was, it was with us. Christy, Christy and Dad and I got to go visit her. Well, that's, I, I hadn't, I mean, I've heard the story, but it didn't click until just now. And, uh. I was, uh. Did she remember you? Yes. 
Way to go. Yes. Yeah, we had a very nice visit. That's and then it wasn't too long after that that I heard that she had passed away. She had away. passed away. But she was over 90 or older at the time. Wow. So. And it was very interesting. I hadn't seen her for since I left school Ooh. in eighth grade. So. so I have a couple of questions. My okay. first one being, when you would go to school, you all five of you would go yes. at one time. You would come home. You'd walk the mile back home to your house. And did you have homework? Yes, we would have homework. And we had chores we had to do. Can you describe those just a, like a hot minute? Like what, were, what was the homework like? Probably pretty much like kids bring home now. Spelling. We always had spelling. and a spelling test every Friday. Um, and math. Do you think that's why you're so good at spelling now? No, I don't think so. Why not? I think my spelling has improved with playing word games. And you, oh, we mentioned that in my paper, how you have, you play, you used to play Boggle. You would play that mm-hmm. with my sister and I all the time and my brothers. And you play a word search game, a word seek game, a word and, find game. And, uh Crossword puzzles. Crossword puzzles. Um, you never got into Sudoku or Sudoku. That, that's no. numbers, though. That's numbers. I never got into that one. But I was talking to my psycholinguistics professor. We'll call him Dr. J. And because it's on the internet and there's things around us and blah, 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 I had said something. I think it was, um, oh, it was on the thread meaning the thread of the conversation. And he had heard, oh, it's on the red. And so I look at him and I go, oh, no, the thread, T-H-R-E-A-D, thread. And he goes, why did you just spell it to me? I have my doctorate. I have two of them. And I was like, oh, um. And he was asking, not being rude, he truly wanted to know why. What was my gut instinct to spell a word to a man who holds two doctorates in language? I, I don't know. It's what my Nana does. <laughs> but it's true. Think about it. You know, I was eight years old sitting at this table that we're sitting at now. Nana, how do you spell bumblebee? And you would be like, bumblebee. You might think about it for a hot second and then go B-U-M-B-L-E. Then the next word is B-E-E. I think I might have spelled bumble wrong there. <laughs> but see, this is why I needed to practice spelling, and Nana never has had to. I think I forgot a B, right? B-U-M-B-L-E? Yeah. Okay. It's because I slowed down. But I do that now all the time. I did it when I used to work at the daycare. I, I spell things all the time. And it's like, oh, Grandma, I'm handing you the cup. Like, what? Oh, the cup. C-U-P. What? Why am I spelling this? Like, you know what the word is. Do you think, though, that why do you spell everything? Can I ask you what Dr. J asked me? Why do you spell I don't know. I guess because you used to ask how it was spelled. And I just got that habit. See, now, I tell people up front whenever I'm signing to them, to a deaf person, I cannot spell very well. Because when I have to think about the letter and then attach it to the hand shape, something gets lost in translation. And in sign language, when spelling bumble, let's say, take that word again, like a bumblebee, I would have deleted that extra B and then the deaf person would know because that's how fast fingerspelling is. So that might also be why you have. Um, I delete things a lot out of it. But, oh my goodness, the other day, sorry, people, you can hear this too. 
I had to spell for this psycholinguistics paper the word weather, like whether or not you agree with me. And I kept spelling it like, oh, the weather outside is frightful. And I'm like, how do you spell weather? Oh, did you have spelling bees? Not really. There weren't that many. Because of how many kids were in your your grade? Because you couldn't pit, pit you against a first grader. Right. So, but now one thing, like I said, that we had a, a hour, I think an hour lunch. An hour? And we would eat our lunch and then we'd go out and play. And then when we came in, the teacher would always have a book. Uh, a novel like Tom Sawyer, uh, Heidi, um, and she would read it, and she'd only read one chapter, no matter where the chap where the story ended. <clears throat> if it ended on a what we would call a cliffhanger <clears throat> or a suspense place, I bet you hated that. Yeah, she would just close the book, and occasionally, if we really begged hard enough she would go ahead and read the next chapter but uh very rarely and so that was fun and then one other thing i wanted to say was at the end of the school year the last day of school we had a community picnic and all the mothers you know all the families brought food had a big potluck dinner our dinner was at noon on the farm and it was supper at night time um, Even your sister still does that, by the way. Mm-hmm. Oh, you need to come in for dinner. I'm like, but it's noon. <laughs> but anyway, uh, and then in the afternoon, usually the men would get together and play a uh, have a softball game, and maybe some of the older boys would you know play with them, and then they would have all brought their hand cranked ice cream freezers, mm. and we would have homemade ice cream to end the school year. Oh. Like an ice cream social. Uh-huh, it was. Without electricity. Wow, I'm thinking of ice cream being made by hand by all those men cranking all that ice cream. Wow. Yeah, they would bring our, the freezers. Maybe six or seven families would bring it. So. Did you guys ever bring it? No, we didn't have one. Okay. And then, for my clarification, you said Ruth... Went to the one-room schoolhouse for one year? Or once some like a... One year. One term. Okay, one year. Then you moved... Did you go to another one-room schoolhouse then? No. No, okay. No, then we went to... Uh, during that year, I was going to the high school in Scotia. Okay, okay, okay. That's where I stayed away. Rented a room with two other girls during the week. And then... Oh, I came home on the weekend. So then where did Ruth and your sisters and brother go? During that year, they were in the country school. In then the one we room. all moved to St. Paul. And I finished out my sophomore through senior year in St. Paul. And Ruth started, I guess she was in first grade. She did first grade again there. And uh, the others were in the elementary school. West was in eighth grade that year. Was it still one room schoolhouses, or was it more of like a public school setting? Way it was a no. They each had their own class. Okay. And then um, one teacher for each grade, just like kids do now. Okay, so it kind of shifted more towards what we we what I'm used to. It was a city school. 
Okay, city or co- okay, that makes sense. The rural mm-hmm. part now. Yeah, it was a St. Paul school district, and then obviously they were smaller schools. Like my high school, there were probably two hundred students in it. Wow! And in, in the four grades, and my class was extremely small. We had thirty in that class. Twenty-three girls, seven boys. <sighs> <laughs> and I bet you could be like, go talk to my brother. He knows about this. One boy out of, what, five kids? Yes. <gasps> okay. But. One more question about the one-room schoolhouses okay. before we wrap this up. We are at about 20 minutes, but I think our listeners won't mind. You said about the inkwell, you had to be careful not to get ink on your hand. How did that affect someone like Aunt Ruth, who's left-handed, or Auntie, who's left-handed? I think it was probably very difficult for them. Because I know you're right-handed, correct? Mm-hmm. But most of the work was done with lead pencil. Okay, okay. But the ink was only for our penmanship. But it would probably be more difficult for somebody who was left-handed at that time because of the opposite way they go, correct? Because right. they're writing... I can't even fathom it because I'm right-handed myself. Yeah. Wow. Well, if you, we think of any more questions... We will do a third segment on one-room schoolhouses. we pretty well exhausted it, but if they do have questions. If you have questions, email, text, call, carrier pigeon. We don't care. But if there's anything we've said that you don't understand, we'll be happy to. More than happy. Like lard. Is that like butter? You said the lard tin, L-A-R-D? Yes, it's a, a baking ingredient you still could get today. That makes the good cookies Bub and I liked, huh? The um, snickerdoodles. Oh, the Snickerdoodles? It's also in the Otis Spunkmeyer ones Bub and I were obsessed with in yes. 2016. Only now, instead of buying it by the gallon, you buy it in uh, one-pound packs broken up in quarters. Well, maybe I can find you a gallon pail and write your name on it. <laughs> we can have lunches. All right. Well, we um, hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and we will hopefully talk to you real soon. Bye. Bye.